Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are having a conversation about God's plan and how God is always at work getting his plan done according to his promise. In particular, even at points where it seems like all hope is gone and things are dead, God is still working life because that's his plan to bring dead things to life. We learn a lot about that uh, through chapter two of the story as we're introduced to Abraham and his family. And we look forward to sharing this conversation with you today. Well, hey, good morning, Kevin. Morning, Aaron. A little virtual clink. Ding. I don't to uh, to our audio listeners, maybe you won't hear anything different. But to our video watchers, uh, Kevin and I are in different locations this morning. So thanks to the uh, wonderful people over at Technology, we are able to uh, to do this. <laughs> is right, technology a, is Technology a company? That would be a good brand name. Like we own Technology. Now, it's crazy though. I mean, I was thinking. Uh, just this morning like you know the the ease and comfortability of which like we've gotten used to so quickly like doing stuff virtually and like oh yeah hey, let's just set it up on zoom and no big deal or whatever and i mean honestly like before pandemic stuff i mean i was familiar with like some technology and things but mm-hmm. uh i mean i've learned a lot <laughs> like in the last year and a half or whatever about how to do all this different stuff so for sure sure yeah i think across the board right i don't i don't remember using video stuff like this for well about like half a decade longer maybe yeah it was probably a decade i was using skype and i call everything skype now everything is just which is a it's a program that video calling yeah uh, but like, I don't think it's, it still exists, but you know, zoom kind of destroyed it with the, with the pandemic and, and being a, a great, a great tool to, to use. But yeah, I used to Skype back in the day. Uh, actually the only person I really ever Skyped was a girl named Allie. Yeah. Um, I met her at a national youth gathering, kind of wow. had a little crush on her. Yeah. But she lived in Arizona and, uh, we'd always set up these Skype calls and I would always forget that there was a time change. Uh, so and that's what ended that huh she was never there (laughs) so yeah we fell out of fell out of communication and here we are today i mean i'm glad we didn't fall away buddy because we're i'm gonna try time change i know man i know yeah you're down there with uh the pastor's conference for our for our district right down in wisconsin and uh normally i love going to those things but with uh with the newest addition to our family still sticking close to home in these first couple of weeks so um yeah glad you can represent and and experience that and i mean for you too that's kind of your first like well maybe not totally first but first like full district kind of in-person gathering like getting to meet some of those guys and um our our partners in the gospel you know regionally and stuff so those are always a good kind of encouragement and networking opportunity just to you know meet people and you know share stories and stuff so 
in like the first 30 seconds of being here, I saw uh, the guy who facilitates our PALS, which is another conference for pastors uh, program. Yep. I saw a girl who I played on the soccer team with at the seminary. Oh. Uh, and then I also saw a guy who was a vicar, which is like an intern pastor yeah. at the church that I grew up at no way. Uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, oh, crazy. I was the and, he's, vicar. and he's a pastor in our district. And now, yeah, he just uh, like a year ago took a call up to Park Falls, Wisconsin. And so he's in our district. And uh, yeah, so pretty, pretty neat to touch base with a guy I haven't seen since 2006. Wait, is that but, Sam Morshing? Yeah, you know him? Oh man, yeah. He was a friend. He was a friend of my brother's in col in college. Anyways, yeah. Small world, everybody. Yeah, yeah to the people listening. Sorry for our little. But you know, the, that's the, what happens when uh when when we get together. We we like to say in our denomination, you know, like in the world they say it's like six degrees of separation. You know, if you have a conversation, like, hey, I know somebody who knows, but. I feel like in our denomination, it's like one degree of separation. You're like, yeah. hey, I know you. It's <laughs> oh. about right. But it is cool. It's, it was a cool reminder of how you spend a little season of time with a person and you have no idea, you know, like how you'll impact them or where they'll end up like in their life story. I, I don't think that Samuel Morshing knew that I would become a pastor. Uh, but for that year, he was, uh, you know, he was that voice for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tell me about Jesus and, and, you know, uh, added to, I guess, the chorus of voices uh, who have contributed to my faith. So pretty cool to come around full circle and, and see him uh, where I am today. Well, did you also know, sorry, this is uh, to our listeners, this means nothing to you, but did you know that he and your pals facilitator are also good friends from college? They were like roommates, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah I, learned, I learned that yesterday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, small world, small world. We better get on track here. People are going to just tune us out. (laughs) Our our exciting lives, Aaron. Wow, man. I know. I know. Uh, Well, let's let's chat for a little bit about um, kind of our theme from this last, this this week, this uh, chapter two of the story. Yeah. Um, The family of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, right? Now I preached on this, uh, and you and I haven't had a chance to really chat about, you know, that, that sermon, or, I mean, you're teaching a Bible class to our junior high kids on that and stuff too. So, um, yeah, let's just, let's just have a conversation on kind of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that happens in there, but, um, yeah, I don't know. What did, what did you hear either in the, in the sermon or in your own reading of that chapter? Mm. Yeah, well, I think in the sermon, what, uh, you know, was striking to me uh, was kind of your your opening story and bookended uh, uh, the biblical story uh, in your sermon, which was your trip down to Nogales. Yeah. Right. And that, uh, you know, that kind of trash village, uh, if you will. And yeah. I've I've heard of other, you know, communities that essentially are doing what Nogales uh, is doing, you know, people who live kind of in the, the trash heap. Uh, yeah. because there, there are resources there it's kind of you know coming from my own I guess life and situation you know sometimes it's easy to to be very confused about why people would live you know in that kind of a scenario but I think for a lot of those people it's they you know the reality is they haven't had the same opportunities in their life or the same people in their life to you know to give them um, you know a chance elsewhere or otherwise right, right. and so they're kind of just making life work uh, in the midst of uh, what looks like, as you said in your sermon, you know, kind of almost like death, you know, right. just 
discarded stuff like this is trash and right. um and people who b- by and large are discarded probably by society you know right right uh, so yeah so that was very striking to me in this uh, notion that even here in a place where you would think there'd be no life mm-hmm. uh, there is life right and, and valuable life right These people <clears throat> matter to god right uh, and though by extension they matter to god's people which is why that church who you worked through had kind of their mission plant of sorts uh, right. there in the trash heap is one. I love that because that's kind of a, you know, we think about God coming to earth, yeah. you know, he's, he's up in the heavenly realms. Things are great. They're perfect yeah. down here. That's not really the case. Uh, yeah. You know, we can all attest to the trash uh, and pollution of our own lives and of the brokenness that we experience and kind of the, you know, just be the news any given day. And you got plenty of fuel for, you know, uh, kind of the uh, the difficulty and the death that really exists down here, and yet right. God comes down, uh, you know, to to His Earth to meet us uh, where we are. And so, you guys on that mission trip, that was kind of cool. You got to. It's not like you said, "Hey guys, let's get out of here and come to a nice, you know, like clean building and a church yeah. that's going to be good for you." You know, no, like let's we'll come and be with you where you come are you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because life is here too. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, I, I think like reflecting back on it in, in the moment, I, uh, I, I don't think I saw the, I don't think I saw the beauty or the, like, this theological reality of it. I think I just remember kind of being overcome with the experience of like, wow, we are in a, like in a garbage dump, like, you know, this is, I don't know, kind of emotionally like stirring, like, this is, this is hard, you know, but Kind of reflecting back on it now you see like wow no this this true beauty like you just like you just described of this reality of the true life of jesus being proclaimed in this place where people who are as good as dead to society living amongst the stuff that was as good as dead to the people who threw it away like mm-hmm. the the greatest source of life is even present there for them in jesus and yeah i mean that's our that's our reality too you know um as good as dead (laughs) you know i that that line that um i think that that's what stood out to me that that's how i got to this kind of that that theme um but that's actually from uh from hebrews and like when when reading through when reading through the story like this you know that the actual like story book you got your copy Teen edition. Oh, you have the teen edition. More my speed. More my speed. <laughs> exact same words, but um, uh, yeah. When reading through the story, that it it uh, it grabs some uh, some of the stuff from the book of Genesis, but then also some stuff from the book of Hebrews, and and it just kind of flows right through it. And you're, you know, it was a little bit startling to me when when reading the story. I'm like it doesn't sound like Genesis. I don't think that's a Genesis, you know? Um, so then that turn, that's when I turned to that, like the back of the book, that page 494 and found the reference to uh, Hebrews 11 and uh, went there. But that, that whole idea of, yeah, I mean, Abraham and Sarah were as good as dead and God gave life. Like that's, that's, that's the reality. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, it, when uh, when reading through Genesis, 
what, like what, what I've, I don't know if I said it in the sermon, we definitely talked about it in the Bible class that I taught. Um, what's most important for us as, as readers of Genesis is to kind of take a step back and just watch God working his plan through it all, kind of regardless of what the people are doing and the decisions that they're making because their decisions and stuff doesn't seem to make sense always. And from a human level, we're like, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. But when you take a step back and you just, just read it, the whole scope of it, you're like, this is incredible how God is consistent to his promise to the people that, that, that life will be preserved um, through them. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. You did, you mentioned that in your sermon, uh, that, that helpful kind of tip of when you're reading, not always the most helpful to like put yourself in the people's oh. shoes and start to think about like, you know, why did they do this? Or what, what would have I done in this situation, you know, or, or why would God, you know, how would I feel if God did that to me, you know, kind of, uh, that, you know, like sometimes that just dives us into holes that we have no answers for. And it's really doesn't end up being that helpful. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, just watch the, see how God is working in a story, but it's fun. I didn't think of it in, when you mentioned your sermon, but just now, as you were talking, uh, Molly and I, uh, we were watching a, a television show together and, uh, I'll find myself doing the same thing to characters in those shows where I'm like, why on earth is this, you know, character doing this or that thing? Like, what a dumb, you know, move. Well, I, if I was you, I would not have done that. I totally would have done this other thing or, or find myself kind of like casting judgments on like their decisions and being like, hmm, yeah, that's, there's a, they're a good character or eh, they're a bad character, you know, because of these decisions. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I think that's very natural for us to do. Like it's, it's people like to kind of make those like snap judgments and, yeah. and, uh, and oftentimes, yeah, we do kind of want to see ourselves in like that. Um, the pivotal person in the story making the decisions but you're right I mean like this God's word is his story like he is the pivotal person right and how is he responding you know and I say things like you know if I was this person I would do that but like in reality you know if I okay if I'm honest and I look back at my own decision making in my life like reality there's lots of dumb decisions I made you know like what have I done this or that oh, God knows but most of the time I'm just scrambling in the moment and, you know, maybe you do the, the right thing. Maybe you don't. Um, yeah. But how is God in all of it responding and working? Um, yeah. That's yeah. For sure. And I mean, I think good, good storytellers, their, their, their intent is to wrap you up in the story and to get you emotionally involved and viscerally responding and all that kind of stuff. And so I think we're, in a way, when you're watching a, you know, a, a dramatic TV show or movie or whatever, that's what, that's what kind of draws you in. Like, if you just, if you just kind of watch it from, I don't know, whatever, like, it doesn't. It's like a documentary. It's, it's, yeah, it's not all that, not, not as, uh, I don't know, it's, you're not as connected to the story that way. But, but for the, for scripture, again, it's not just, it's not just pure for pure entertainment. It's, it's, ultimately to see God's God's plan being fulfilled right mm -hmm. um and not like because we talk the the authors of the story again talk about like the upper story and the lower story the lower story certainly matters um all these decisions it all matters our our story matters um but ultimately what we're seeing play out is God's upper story his plan of salvation being accomplished 
Um, and this, this, this plays out. Um, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, um, but I just read chapter three, uh, this morning and you'll be preaching about that coming up. Um, and that, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that next week, but, but that story of salvation and life being preserved, uh, at God's hand, it, it, uh, very, very evident. So, but you know, when you're talking, you were just talking a minute ago about like making bad decisions and like in, in your life and like still seeing God work it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I was, I was, I very briefly like mentioned something of the sort in my sermon where it was, uh, well, I, cause I told three stories of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and with Isaac at the end of that, I, I mentioned that for Abram, Abraham and Isaac, after that story, mm-hmm. I, I think that experience only deepened their faith and trust in God, you know, because they had tasted deaths, seen like been there and then had, had like had life restored, you know, had life given back to them. And I mentioned like some people have um, had near death experiences, like almost died, whether it be an accident or um, a diagnosis and actually after after church and even since then some people have uh, been sending me stories and, and I didn't even know some people that I knew well like uh, almost almost dying like in very real ways um, but I also mentioned like like dumb decisions that we make that should have turned out worse you know when you look back in hindsight and you're like I should have died or my whole life should have like come crashing down and it didn't and I'm like how how is that possible except for for god i mean honestly i really i really believe that um just yesterday i was talking to my dad though um and uh and and my dad brought up this this story and i think i've shared it with you i don't i don't know if it's come up in this podcast but when we had the big father's day flood here uh locally uh, a couple of years back um and there was this um this kind of this miraculous situation where the timing was right. And there was a woman whose car was stranded and I ended up encouraging her to get out of her car and get into my car. And then five minutes later, her whole car was gone in a sinkhole, like washed. I mean, she would have, she would have died and all that stuff. So, and it was on, it was on father's day. Um, and I mean, that whole thing ended up, like working out her life was fine my life was fine and, and I remember at the end of that day or maybe not at the end of the day at some point during that day my wife said to me this day could have turned out totally different mm. mm-hmm. and uh and in my mind I would just said yeah yeah you know it could have the whole time thinking about the woman's life not about not about my life it honestly it was not until like weeks later Somebody said something that it snapped in my mind where they, they said something to me, like you were very close to dying in that moment. And I was like, Oh, I was close to like, it never even crossed my mind. And then I told my wife, I was like, when you said that this day could have turned out different, you weren't talking about her where you were talking about me and us and our family. And she's like, yeah, like that's oh uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even never even crossed my mind that for me it was like a you know close to death situation. So yeah, kind of remarkable, you know, reflecting back on all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can think of a, a time in my own life. It was uh, uh 
uh, I was probably like 12, maybe. Uh, my family took a trip out to the Rocky Mountains uh, to go skiing, uh, which is something my family did growing up a bunch because uh, both my parents are from Colorado. And uh, so we're, we're skiing and there's two groups. There's like the fast group and the slow group. And the past group was going down like, you know, blues and black diamonds and moguls and things. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't at that level. And I was pretty scared. So I went with the slow group and my aunt uh, Sue was kind of like leading the slow group. And, uh, you know, she had this pink jacket on and was in the front of the crew. And it was kind of like, all right, everybody stay together, follow, follow Sue, you know, and we'll kind of stop periodically to make sure everyone catches up. And, uh, so I'm skiing down the mountain. I'm following, following that pink jacket, pink jacket, you know, and like, I was kind of picking it up pretty well. I started feeling pretty good about myself, kind of confident in my skiing. And, you know, I'm like, sweet, you know, I'm, I'm going faster than I thought I would. I'm here. I'm in the slow group, but I'm kind of, I'm, I'm cruising. And I was like, well, but I still see that pink coat. So I'll keep following, keep following it. And, uh, you know, like going for a while, we hadn't really stopped yet. Uh, but I still see that pink coat. I'm like, well, well, it's like, I keep going. And finally the pink coat stops. And I was like, okay, great. And I catch up. And it's not my aunt Sue it's uh, someone else in like the exact same uh, coat. And, you know, as like a 12 year old, I was like, old crud, yeah. you know, um, poop my pants a little bit. Uh, <laughs> not really, but I was really, I was really, really scared. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll sit here and wait. They're probably behind me. I was going there for a while. Um, you know, so then I sat there and wait for what feels like, you know, 45 minutes. It was probably like five minutes yeah and, you know they didn't catch up so i was like well they're probably down the bottom of the hill so then i just start skiing down this hill and i mean this is the, the rocky mountains um i mean uh i think we were at uh, breckenridge maybe but i mean they're huge okay. like yeah yeah resorts yeah. um lots of runs you, know, you can spend a week there and not do all the runs and, right uh, you know i come down this hill and the hill splits it forks and one fork goes to one whole like ski resort area and the other yeah. goes to an entirely different ski resort area yeah. not like two different lifts like several different lifts across those right. uh, but i just like well i'll flip a coin and took one and went to the bottom and like yeah i was starting to get pretty nervous and uh when i was a kid i uh we had we had satellite tv and in the 900s was all these music channels okay different music and there was one uh there's like a christian music channel that i listen to sometimes uh but there's a song uh that's called like god is watching over you yeah uh, great jam can't remember who sang it um i could sing it for you but i won't that'd be embarrassing that's not uh god is watching us god is watching who's that like mariah carey or something? No. all right i will okay. sing it since you <laughs> since you sing now i gotta step up the mic. but it's like god is watching over you as always, you are loved, no matter what you go through, he's right beside you. So I'm like, I start singing that line, like I'm like singing it out loud while I'm skiing down this hill and like, yeah. you know, trying to keep my composure, but like, I'm like really afraid at this point. Um, but like, that was really comforting to me. It's like, okay, no, like God's, God's with me. You know, like he is watching over me. Um, you know, so I was this 12 year old just clinging to this promise wow. and I get to the bottom and, uh, yeah, no one's there. I take my skis off because I'm like stumbling around like a goofball trying to walk in them and go to a ski shop and yeah, no one's there. And it's like, who do you even ask? You're just at this huge, yeah. I mean, there's tons of people, but they don't know you from Adam. Yeah. Um, so I just, I wandered around for a bit. And then finally, like I, I see a chairlift. I'm like, well, I should just go up again and go down the same run. Maybe I'll wow. come across them. And as I, as I'm walking towards the chairlift, I see my dad 
on one of the lifts going up. So I started like running to my dad, oh. like, dad, dad, like I'm down here. It's me, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it was just him. The rest of the family was at the bottom. They saw me, they yell up to my dad on the lift. So like he, he sees that I've been found. Wow. And uh, I'd like to say that the story ended with, you know, like that, the, the embrace of yeah. weeping tears that was just joy of being yeah. returned. But there was also some scolding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it was a time when I felt, you know, you know, maybe not dead, but like when you're lost like that, especially as a kid, you do kind of feel as good as dead. And that's kind of yeah. the same with the, the story, the prodigal son, you know, he feels, well, his father says that he was dead, you know? I don't know. No, he was ever going to come back. And like, that's how I felt. I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but yeah. was actually watching over me and yeah. was, you know, return me. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how we go through those stories and those experiences and not come out the other side going, thank you, God. Like mm-hmm. you are obviously real, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a better way to live than to simply just go oh wow that was a mere coincidence you know? <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh well i was just gonna say i mean we so often we just write things off like coincidence um but i've heard uh well this is a greg finke line i think uh, uh author in the lutheran world joining jesus okay. on a mission. good book yeah. but uh he says you know i don't believe in coincidences anymore just god incidences yeah, and I like that. And I think it's, I think it's truer than sometimes we give it credit for. I mean, he's in, a, he's everywhere and he's in every, he's in everything. He's walking with us. Um, you know, of oh. course he had his hand in this. And of course he heard, he hears our, so this would have been in the same story from this last week, but um, they can't have Abram and Sarah can't have their kid. And so they, they kind of go the human route and take Hagar, right. Yeah. Um, Abram's um, uh, servant. Sarah's, Sarah, Sarah's Sarah's. servant. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And uh, they have Ishmael. And yeah. of course, he's not the child of promise. And then it causes a lot of strife. This was a bad move on their part. Yeah. They didn't really trust God. They tried to take it in their own hands. Um, but then, you know, Hagar, she's kind of cast out from the family. It's this heartbreaking story. And she's off in the desert. She like leaves her kid um, in yeah. the bushes because she's yeah. like, they're, they're starving and uh, thirsting to death. Yeah. And God, God hears her cries. Yeah. And the child's cries. You know, so it's like, God, I mean, he's listening and, yeah. and he's very attracted to our cries. Yeah. Like father would be right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's because, I mean, that, that was the, the theme that I, you know, that I shared over and over again was that, that like the things that God, that, that look dead, the things that seem dead, God gives life to. So God gives life to things that seem dead so i mean if we pay attention in the world like i mean you just talked about it the other day in one of your sermons but like this world is a world of entropy like everything is slowly dying like we on on our own we are kind of we're kind of as good as dead i mean honestly like in our in our sin like you know uh like on on a spiritual level very very much dead in our sins and that's i mean that's how the bible even talks too like we are dead in our sins and trespasses of which we once walked but god who is rich in mercy came to us and made us alive in christ this is ephesians 2 like i mean this 
this whole thing from death to life and, and life being only granted by, by, by God, God, the one giving life, us creating death for ourselves. Um, that's the story of the scriptures, like over and over and over and over and over again. And ultimately the final promise that life does win right through the resurrection of Jesus and his promise to come again and make all things new. Like, Again, you know, like in my sermon, I'm like, hey, big spoiler alert. But if we don't get this, if we don't get this right, like right now, right from the beginning, um, I don't think we fully appreciate um, what it, what Christ has done for us and has promised to do in all of eternity. Like it just, mm. it just won't make sense. It'll just be a nice idea, you know, instead of a true reality um, of what, what life is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, you know, like uh, uh, keeping the resurrection on our minds mm. and as we walk through this, you know, we're going to be in the Old Testament for a while here, but Jesus is the fulfillment of this, you know, like these guys in the Old Testament, they're like just wondering when, you know, I mean, Adam and Eve are wondering right away when they have their own kids. Hey, is this going to be the, ki- the the child of promise, you know, yeah, break the curse, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Eve has bears cane and says, I've gotten a man. She's like all excited, you know, and like yeah. turned out so well. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Abel, his name just means like breath, like vanity. Um, it's the same word that comes up in uh, Ecclesiastes a lot, hevel, um, which is like, you know, meaningless, <laughs> which is kind of kind of a knock on Abel. So you, you kind of see already there, she's thinking, I've got the son, the child of promise, you know, second born. She's kind of like, I already got the promised heir, you know, that God mentioned. Um, and then, you know, the reversal there a little bit, uh, in the story in terms of, uh, who ends up, um, kind of honoring God and when we know Cain's decisions, but even Cain, you know, I mean, God comes down and, and even continues to preserve his life and offers it marks life. him, marks him as belonging to God. Right. I mean, you know, and, and that's, that's, you almost need to hone in more on those. Cause that's, you know, our story too. Like I, not that I've in the teen video, Cain like stabs his brother with like a pitchfork and it's like, car, it's cartoony. It's cartoon like just like you know it's like it's a little goofy you know and like i haven't killed anybody uh in that sense but oh man you know it's like i know i've damaged and hurt uh plenty of things in my life and relationships um Mm -hmm. and there are some of those that like again kind of feel dead um Mm -hmm. that's not the it's never the end of the story for us you know right you know and you said that even with in relationships like jacob and esau you know, yeah. if we have, if we have people out there who it feels like this relationship is dead, there's chance for life. Yeah. You, you know, we, we can't, we can't, uh, force a, re- a resurrection of a relationship, but we can always offer that life, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and the only way we're motivated by that is because God has offered us, you know, life and right. a, a relationship with him when we, you know, really had no right to have one and, you know, have, have de- 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 defaulted on our relationship so often. But. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. I mean, um, yeah, I, I love, I love Genesis. Um, and to those of you who are, who are listening, you know, if you're reading it from the story, um, just, just, do yourself a favor and, and read, read Genesis right straight from the Bible too. I mean, the narrative is, it's not that hard to read. And, um, it's, uh, it's kind of good reading, you know, as you're, as you're going through this and, and also, I mean, I was just reminded too, like over the last two summers, like we preached through Genesis. So we have actually a lot of resources, you know, I mean, you can go back in our, 
sermon archive and um, see sermons on just little pieces of this story as we're telling it kind of in big chunks. Um, we've also been able to tell it in um, smaller pieces as well over the last couple of years. So um, very cool, very cool. Uh, Kevin, I think, that's, I think that's good for today. And so uh, as always, buddy, it's uh, good to be with you even you know through the aids of uh you know mr and mrs zoom and uh i think that's their name that's who the company's owner's names right that's why it's called zoom i think oh yeah i think so yeah yeah sure ted, wow. ted, zoom. ted, ted yeah yeah something like that <laughs> all right well hey enjoy the rest of that pastor's conference and uh we'll see you back here uh very soon God bless. thanks for the conversation brother yep